Hi and welcome to episode 30 of the This Is Reportage podcast. My name is Alan Law, I'm the founder of This Is Reportage and I'm a wedding photographer too. So great to have the lovely Sam Docker on the podcast today. Sam is a rangefinder 30 rising star, winner of numerous TIR awards, globe-trotting wedding photographer and also just an all-round top guy. A real pleasure to talk to him. Sam shares so much with us today, including his thoughts on destination weddings, getting and shooting them, pricing and more, his recent experience doing an Ironman and why, Instagram tips, the story behind one of his reportage awards, an embarrassing moment of his photography career, risk and trusting yourself and much more. Just before we get to Sam, I just wanted to let you know about a recent huge addition to This Is Reportage membership, totally exclusive video content. At no extra cost to our membership fee, you can now learn from some of the best documentary wedding photographers in the world, such as Tyler Workin, Pedro Villela, David Scholes, Sana de Block, and more, with exclusive videos. There's already over eight hours worth of content and more videos will be added regularly. Check them out at thisisreportage.com. Right, over to Sam. Hey Sam, how you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Alan. Very well. How are you? I am, yeah, fine, all fine, all, all fine. Yeah, you, you know. always, how's life down in Cornwall at the moment? It is not. It's sunny, so which is rare, which good. is uh, all good. How about in like deepest, darkest Derbyshire? Well, I'm I'm confined to the office, and we haven't got the doors open yet, so um, I can't tell you what it's like. But it's uh, it's been all right recently. It's been nice. It's definitely helped that the weather's been, you know, decent during lockdown. Can you imagine what it'd been like if it had been? That's true. <sighs> Torrential. Yeah, we wouldn't have been true. having much fun, would we? But have you, have you been getting out and exercising and things? Done a few bits. Yeah, been on the bike and just doing a few little runs, just trying to keep things ticking over. And you know, a daily walk with the kids as well, which is a it's been quite a nice thing actually. There's definitely been some positives from it all, haven't there? Like yeah, it's things true. that yeah. things that we've been doing that you wouldn't normally just do. You know, we've bought a jigsaw, mate. I mean, nice. What oh, what are you making? Uh, it's a, a New York skyline. Then, oh nice yeah. very nice cool. thousand, thousand piece thousand piece jigsaw <laughs> so it's not a jigsaw that you use to create wood and um you know i'm so impractical not, aren't they called not, a jigsaw as well those kind of blade things yeah, we're not we're not we're not doing them um, you know diy crafting alan we're talking <laughs> about just the basic form of it a jigsaw puzzle <laughs> okay no, that's funny yeah we did a super mario one as well actually 500 piece uh because my my son is obsessed with mario but my wife ended up it, doing like virtually isn't. all the jigsaw yeah yeah, yeah um, but you're talking about kids going for a walk though don't yours complain whenever we say to the kids let's go out for a walk they're always like oh really they do yeah they tend to just get out and just start fighting as well i think well <laughs> no but and do you know what's been really good actually just like trying to find things for them to do, like getting a scavenger hunt print out. That's been a big thing. That's so then, cool. then they're like, can we do a scavenger hunt? I'm like, yeah, of course we can, yeah. It's been great. <laughs> that's a parenting find... tip, man. Yeah, print out a scavenger hunt off Pinterest and you're, you're away. That's an hour filled, isn't it? <laughs> and you mentioned that you're going out, you've um, gone out for exercise because didn't you recently do an Ironman, didn't you? Yeah. Why, yeah, why yeah. on the, the first question, Honestly, don't why on that, earth, man? <laughs> um, I, I think... Uh, I, what is what does that entail again for people who don't know? Like I don't really know exactly know. So so I I so it's a, it's basically it's a long form of a triathlon. So it's a, a two and a half mile swim, right? Um, onto a hundred and twelve mile bike ride onto a marathon <laughs> onto a marathon. All in one day, like literally it's straight after back each back, other. Yeah, back to back. Yeah, so like a, a triathlon, but at that distance. And um, uh, do you know what? Really weirdly, I'd never heard of it until I went to meet a couple whose wedding I was shooting down in London, and. Um, I just hung out. They, they had like the you know the registry office wedding and stuff. And I, I went down and we had a, a few drinks afterwards. And they told me they'd done they'd done an Iron Man in Sydney. And, and oh, I was both, like, oh, a couple. both both of them as yeah, a couple really. had done it. And I I kind of said to them, "Oh, what what is that?" And you know, asked the same sort of question. I was like, "No way, that is that's mental." Like yeah. you know, I I was just running five k's at the time. I was like, I was dead chuffed that I could just go out and run a, a decent five k. Yeah. And um, when they told me that, it made me start to think like, God, that's that's it, like. How do people get to that? And then yeah. you know, just through like, just through, I suppose, small steps and just like three or four years of looking after myself, running a little bit further each time and you know, getting a PT and just trying to like look after myself. I kind of got to a point where I was like, do you know what? I kind of like the idea of a bit of a challenge here and just doing something that's a little bit. That's more, more than a bit of a challenge. That's, that's more, that's beyond what I'm capable of. And I think that's the, that's probably the life lesson, isn't it? Is about trying to pick a goal that is beyond your ability. Yeah. And, it, and the, the, the impact that has, like I, you know, I've been running recently, and I find myself running, and I'm like, how on earth have I run an Ironman? Like, how have I done that? I can't even go and do 10k at the minute. 
<laughs> but but because it was there and because it was over me and it was be- because I knew that it was coming up, you know, that year building up to it, I was like, right, I'm on it now. I'm on it. Man, it's mental. It's um, so awesome that you did it was, that. Was it, was it in great, France, was it? Or... Yeah, it was a, a Vichy in France. Yeah, it was, it was beautiful. It was an amazing weekend. A great, just a great experience. Like, even if it, even if people are just thinking, oh, do you know what? I should just go and sign up for a 10K. Like, the experience of doing something and, and you know, turning up on the start line and thinking, God, I've never done this before is, mm. is, is a real buzz. It's no, a real That's cool, man. How long did it take you to do it then, in the end? 13 hours, 17. <laughs> In, oh, man. I could not <laughs> imagine. And, and it was the first, I've never done a triathlon before. So I, I'd never, I just went straight in at the deep end. And I think that's that, by nature, I'm a bit like that. I just tend to, I don't do things by heart. So if I'm going to do something, I just okay. go, and, I go all out. And um, I, li- I literally did my first outdoor swim on the Tuesday before I went out to France. Really? So I'd been, yeah. I'd, been swimming, I'd been swimming. I was all, I felt okay swimming, but I'd never been in a lake. So, Man. is it quite different? Because I've never done yeah, that. Yeah, it's really, really different. It really takes um, the biggest thing is it takes your breath away a lot more than in a pool. Oh, so you okay. straight away you you go in, you've got like a bit of a cold water shock, and you just start you, you're struggling for breath straight away. So you breathe. Sounds really fun, man. Sounds so it, much it, fun. Oh, mate, I loved it. Honestly, other than having kids <laughs> and getting married, I'd say it's probably one of the best weekends of my life. It was brilliant. Really? Wow. Yeah. Are you gonna do it? Are you gonna right. do it again then? I would. I would like to say that I will do another one. Yeah, I can definitely see why people get the book, but it's just the. It probably is the time, the time and, and uh, just time commitment to it is, is a big thing. And I think at the moment, there's yeah. probably other things going on that I probably need to focus on. But generally, it's, it's definitely something I would like to say, you know, maybe when the kids are a little bit older and I've got a little bit more time back that I will yeah. sign oh, up. Man. Yeah, it was great. And it's cool. You did it in France and you do loads of destination weddings. Um, you weren't shooting a wedding the next day after the Ironman, were you? I, I wasn't, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a bit hardcore but (laughs) yeah but yeah you do loads of destinations so um you know there might be people listening here really want to do more of those can you tell us how you got your first one and how you get so many now what is it what's the trick i don't know i don't know i mean well firstly i think people kind of they they want to shoot destination weddings and i understand why they do but actually there's they're, they're, they're not as i don't know what's the word I think people should be careful what they wish for in, in a in a way. I'm not and I'm not saying people shouldn't want to shoot destination weddings. Like they are like I love going to them. Um there's something about the light in Italy and France that just trumps England oh. and yeah, Derby, yeah. And <laughs> you know, there's a real buzz when you're away and like people are in a very different mood. But there oh, yeah. is a big trade-off to it. And the trade-off is that you're away for three or four days. And you you all know as well as I do that you know, when you've got kids and a wife, being away from home for three or four days at a time, you know, it's, takes its toll eventually and, and it yeah. is and it is really hard you know yeah. um people think oh look, look at look at what they're doing on instagram look at the where they're going to look at what they're traveling on and where they're staying and stuff and actually i'm at a pretty basic airbnb eating a bowl of pasta you know <laughs> uh, and just going and going to and it's not it's not as glamorous as people might think it is mm, um totally get that. i find them more stressful as well i do yeah I, yeah I, there's definitely more you know and I think sometimes you could break it down and go, well, actually, I could shoot three weddings in the UK in that time. Mm. From a financial point of view, you could make UK weddings far more profitable for your time. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, for, so for me, I do, I do think pricing is a, is a big thing. And, and I do. And that was part of the reason why I drove my prices up a few years ago was because I, I found myself getting more and more inquiries for abroad. And, and you do, you know, it's hard. You, when you get inquiries, you're like, right, I've got, to, I've got to try and book that wedding. Yeah. And if you're booking, them, if you're booking those weddings at... 12 1500 pounds and you're traveling away for four days it's oh, that's true you, know, you, break, you break the numbers yeah. down it just doesn't really make sense it doesn't stack up so mm-hmm. so i did i started to charge a bit more um but my first one was i think it was in france um again i think i probably charged about 1200 quid and um i you know i included all my travel in that price as well because i just wanted to go and do you know i wanted to go and shoot abroad i wanted yeah, that yeah. that um I wanted those images in my portfolio and, and I look back on it now and actually I do think, you know, when I look at some of my, um, some of my favorite images and my best work, that's some, a lot of them are, you know, are abroad. Right. Uh, yeah. And I do think they're, they're a, they are a big brand and, and portfolio raiser. They do make you kind yeah. of stand out slightly from other people. Um, no, I definitely see that. Yeah, definitely. And how do so, you get so many then now? Did, did you specifically kind of SEO for it or was it just natural, no, you know, you blogging all these natural, weddings? I think, yeah, you know, like you know, when we talk, when people talk about SEO, like I don't, 
and you'll, you'll know as well, there's, there's no magic trick to it, is there? I mean, I don't know of one. No, I think no. it just comes down to being consistent with your work, you know, keep putting stuff out, trying to blog, you know, when you do blog, make sure that you're blogging it well. Um, mm. And just being consistent with, with, your, with your work process, really. You know, that when people say, talk about SEO or, or, or finding inquiries, it often comes down to the, the fact that they're not doing something like they sh- they're not doing it to the level that it should be done and they're not doing it often enough. Yeah. You know, it takes hard work, doesn't it? You know, you've got right. a blog, you've got to put the effort in to tag your images and to, you know, put stuff out to Instagram daily and, you know. Yeah. You do really well on it. Talking of which, you do really well on Instagram as well. So, yeah, is that your one yeah, of your I biggest do, tips for Instagram? Do, is like consistency. I think I do okay, but you know, even 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 I can look at it and go, I could do that better. You know, I find I find the whole story side of Instagram really difficult to keep on top of. Oh uh, yeah, you know? and yeah. and I find it a real drain sometimes. You know, I can go I can go for a week or two of being really on it with stories, and then I just leave it for three weeks, and you just. Yeah. But actually, the the posting of the images to Instagram, I think, is pretty straightforward. You know, you just get yourself a good planner and just schedule it and leave it, and you know, put that what? time into it. But what do you use? What pieces? So I, I've, just started to, I've just started to use Tailwind, um, okay, cool. and that's been really good. I've used Buffer before; it was okay. And then, um, is it Planoly? Oh yeah, uh, but Tailwind. So many. Really, yeah, Tailwind's probably been my favourite one so far. So that's been that's been good. And just okay. trying to make, just trying to put that effort in. You know, once a month to just batch everything for the entire month and know right. it, know that it's going up every day. Yeah, it, that is, makes sense. Key, isn't it? Is it important for you what you write as well, caption wise, or is it just sort of about the images for you, or is it both? Or? I think it's a little bit. I mean, obviously, the image has got to be strong first and foremost, hasn't it? It's got to be on brand. I don't just, I, I won't post images just for the sake of it, or I won't post an image that I, you know, some some images you naturally look at and you think that's going to get more likes and engagement. Some images yeah. you post, you're like, I don't know what this is going to get, but I'm going to post it because I like it. It speaks to me and it it feels like it's on brand and it's going to appeal to my clients. Um, yeah, it's, again, it's just, it comes down to being consistent, doesn't it, with your, you know, with your, with your posting and your images and your, your tones and your just trying to again think of that thinking of that target client and and not trying to appease every potential you know wedding yeah. couple you know you can't can't please everybody no um, i please hardly anyone so <laughs> <laughs> no that's cool man that's all good and, and you trained as a creative product designer i believe is yeah. that right yeah, yeah so how- well yeah. <laughs> how, how did, did you go you uh, what, what's yours i did well i did i did you an english SEO, degree, yeah? and then i went into seo yeah, right, yeah, yeah which yeah. was handy that was handy yeah. yeah but so how did you go from creative product designer to weddings then what was your tale um so so in in the final year of my degree uh very bizarrely i started buying and selling secondhand clothing actually oh really <laughs> just oh, get, yeah just get through uni really, a really straight from uni. Actually, it was in my final year. So in my final, so in, yeah, the start of my final year. So I got a two one in my degree, um, right. which was all right, given that I I set up a business with a friend, and we turned out. Yeah, we were we were VAT registered within the first three months. Th- really? First wow. three months, it was just That's astonishing. Well. It was ve- it was in the very early days of eBay. Like okay. yeah, we were buying buying you know secondhand vintage items from charity shops when they were dirt cheap, and then getting them online and we yeah it's just it was bizarre it was a really one of those things you look at and you just think how did that happen but it did um Ooh, and that, how long that went did on you do that for uh, six years that went on for wow that's a long yeah. time as well. uh, yeah we had at one point we had five staff we had a, a an enormous a, like a huge warehouse we would go uh, abroad buying stock and you know we'd fill transit vans with stock and then break it down clean them relist them and sell it and that was it until until really the recession hit and then that was the point at which the wheels start to come off and you right. know um expenses went up and people spent less and you know there comes a point doesn't there when you're like i'm doing this for no money so why am i doing it yeah, yeah, yeah. and um and that kind of coincided with the time that i'd really you know because we were sending online i was i was always a creative i always enjoyed art and design and that kind of side of the business and, and i was always kind of taking the lead with you know the imagery of, of, the, of the business and i kind of got into studio photography um and then before you know it, people, you know, you know what it's like. You've got a camera and somebody's saying, oh, I know someone's getting married. Can you, you know, can you yeah. take pictures for them? I was like, and again, this ties back to the, the kind of the bit of me that goes, yeah, I can do that. I'll do that. I'll give that a go. That's I've just, cool. I've not really had a, I suppose, any kind of fear or I don't go to weddings and worry. 
Really? Not yeah, like, never. Not even not for your first, first lot. Your oh, first definitely one? for my first. Definitely for my first couple. Yeah. 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 But you don't so, get nervous now. No, I go to weddings now, and I, I just love it. I, yeah. I honestly, there's a real buzz, and I suppose yeah. I have a moment where I think, God, what if I take no good photos today? Yeah. Then you, <laughs> you just have to kind of rock up and just go right. I'm just going to work hard and mm-hmm. trust trust in your instincts and your ability. I suppose. And yeah, that's so true. I think the it? more you do this, you, the more you realise that. You know, if you work hard and you just keep keep yourself busy and keep yourself looking for things, you're going to win more than you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to get more frames than you would. You know, the the worst thing for me is if I become lazy and I miss stuff because I've you know chosen not to keep active on you know on the day. Yeah. But you know, you know, when you see something out the corner of your eye, you're like, oh, I wasn't paying attention there. I've missed mm-hmm. that. That's that that's worse for me. I hate that. That that's the feeling that it's that fear that kind of drives me. I suppose when I go to a wedding. Uh, okay yeah that's cool yeah make sure i'm always on it yeah cool and you're doing a great job mate. What, what, a great what was job. the original question there what were we talking about <laughs> we were going from uh well we were going from your um your second hand oh, clothing business second hand clothing business yeah yeah um but no that was i mean that that business as well that, that, you know you look back on things and you think how did that happen but actually that you know all of our you know our backgrounds you kind of look back on them and think oh, actually I, I learned a lot there you know that was a you know, I employed staff, I ran a business, I, you know, I had a, a day-to-day, you know, there was lots of parts of the business that I carried through into the, into my new business and my wedding business. Yeah. Um, that at the time you kind of probably didn't realize how valuable those lessons were, but, and, and again, the, the fear of like, you know, we, we didn't lose the business as such. We decided to get rid of it before it kind of, you know, racked, racked up any debt. But I did, you know, I did kind of feel like I lost a business that was going well and right. within the space of a, a year wasn't doing well and and that fear i think has kind of always been there in the back of my mind and that idea that doesn't matter how you think your business is getting like if your business is going well it could very quickly if you take your eye off the prize could you know well, yeah. could, could go not very well and this is well and that's kind of happening to so many people's in. businesses yeah, now isn't it yeah yeah, yeah it's mad. what was it called your secondhand clothing business it's called prince's vintage it's not going to win any name awards <laughs> <laughs> no that's cool man cool okay let, let's change tax slightly let's go for it yeah okay this is a question i've never actually asked anyone this okay. do you do you have a favorite <laughs> do you do you have a favorite joke favorite joke Whoa. that that could be uh fine on air so bad i'm so bad at jokes so bad at jokes but there was a oh what was it Scratch, I'm scratching around because there was a, a really bad joke that I heard a, a little kid told at somebody on the radio the other week. What kind of what kind of bees make milk? Uh, no, that's not it. It's <laughs> a great okay. joke. <laughs> Boobies. Oh yeah, no, that's great. I saw that on Facebook. That's a good joke. <laughs> I like that. I think that's cool. I like that. Uh, one that I heard, I think it was in a Christmas cracker, was. Um, how do you find Will Smith in the in the snow? You look for the fresh prints. Brilliant. <laughs> that's good. Anyway, that was a nice little interlude. Okay, to, um, cool. One thing you didn't know about me, Alan, is I used to be really addicted to soap. It's okay. I'm I'm totally clean now. Oh, that's good. Oh. I like it. Boom, boom. It's good. <laughs> on, okay, let's, cool. let's move on to something a bit more, a bit better than that. We're yeah. not good at jokes. I, no. think we've, I think we've established that we are not comedians. Yeah, let's not do like a stand-up duo. I think that would be cool. That'd be like wedding photographer and stand-up. You know, that would be a different edge. I mean, you would think we would have better jokes in our library, given, <laughs> given, some, given some of the speeches we get to hear. That's true, actually. Yeah, that's true. Okay, another question. A totally original well, question I- here. You're cast away in a desert island. What one album would you take with you? Whoa. Oh, that's a big question. It's a big one. How do you even answer that question? <laughs> you just talk, man. Open your mouth and. Like... Oh, okay. Um, if I'm on a, if I'm on my own. Yeah, we're gonna be all alone. I'm trying to think of what I've been listening to recently. I'm, I'm one of those. You know, like you ask me stuff on the spot, and I, I'm I'm useless. <laughs> this is great. If you gave me an hour, I'd come up with a really good list. <laughs> so we we can have like 20 minutes of this of silence and like. I'm trying to. Can I can I look at my Spotify? You can look at your Spotify. I'm going to look at Spotify and just I'm just going to give you let's let's just go let's go into um not Betsy's party mix. That's not <laughs> good, is it? Is that like frozen soundtrack and things? And... There'll, there'll be a lot of frozen in there. There'll be a yeah. lot of frozen. 
I don't know what album I would take. See, I mean, you've asked me that question. You've asked me that question, but if I asked you that question, what? Where do you go? I mean, yeah, I wouldn't have a clue either. I wouldn't have a clue. So everyone's listening to this now. They're like, "Oh man." <laughs> okay. So, so I'll, I'll, the one that's like you know, if I go on the first one, I don't think I'll, I don't think it'd be the one that I took, but the one that sprung to mind. I don't know why. I don't know why this happens sometimes, but brand new was a, a an album I've not listened to for a long time, but I loved it. Deja Intendo. Uh, I, think, cool. I, think that's called, I think that's what it's called. Very brand new. You know, that's a band I've never listened to, but it's like kind oh, of—is it like kind of emo-y pop punk type stuff? Is it like? Um, no, I don't. I, don't I, I wouldn't say emo. No, no. Isn't it around that time though, they're kind of like. Well, it, no. they kind of they kind of came off the back of um, uh, Incubus. If you've heard. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen Incubus live like three I've times. I've seen Incubus so. live. They were they were great. Um, Certain shade and, of green. You, know, you can, you can go the other way, and I, I love I love bands like Sigur Ross. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen them support Radiohead. They were awesome. Oh, amazing. Yeah, it was cool. Anyway, let's go off music. We're not a music podcast, but that's quite cool. That's good. We're not a music podcast, and we're not a joke podcast either. <laughs> no, although you could call us a joke podcast in a different way. But yeah, <laughs> right. Um, one of your many awards and accolades, Sam Docker, is Rangefinder's Thirty Rising Stars, which is awesome. Yeah. Did winning did winning you that have an effect? That, didn't you, Alan? Oh, uh, well, yeah, I did. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but did winning that have an effect on you at all? You know, you or your career? Uh, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure it did to, a, to an extent. I think it's um, I think it's like any award. I think you you take them, you take them with a pinch of salt. But mm. also it's nice to get a bit of recognition and you kind of you just have to use it as a bit of a marketing tool as much as you can. And yeah, um, I think it's definitely a, pro, a bit of a profile raiser. You know, it probably got me noticed by a few more people that maybe wouldn't have noticed me initially. And mm. maybe that's, I do think like the rangefinder is, is definitely a, a bigger thing amongst photographers. I think photographers look at that. And that was probably at, at the point at which maybe I started to look at, you know, I had a lot of people then asking me about doing workshops. And that was probably the, the beginnings of yeah. the education side of my business. Mm, whereas, I was going to ask about that actually. Whereas so, before, I probably wouldn't have been able to do that without that bit of recognition. So, yeah, and I made. I say it's funny you say because I made the most of it as well in that way yeah. when I got yeah, it and I started to. Yeah, I do really believe in making hay while the sun shines. And yeah, um, yeah and I, I. So yeah, was that one of the biggest instigators for you for doing your own workshops then? Yeah, I, th- I think I think there was that. I think there was also the the um, again desire to to probably work less weekends. <laughs> yeah. you know I, I i love like i said earlier i love going to weddings i get a real buzz when i'm there um you know but being away from family and, and being away on a weekend is the mm. is the big downside for me um yeah. and it's not going to change anytime soon i'm still you know i'm still planning on being a wedding photographer for the for the foreseeable future but mm-hmm. you if know there are any do, weddings to I do, yeah we've got any but i do try and give myself a bit more time off now and i do try and balance it a little bit and i will you know, I will, um, you know, if I've got like three weekends booked in June, I'll keep that other weekend and I'll keep it free. I won't oh, book cool. for it. Right. Um, so workshops kind of allowed me to balance it out a little bit more by kind of saying, right, well, if I do a workshop, that's going to turn over the same that I turn over at a wedding. So, right, well, that's one less wedding to shoot. So, you know, I could do a workshop on a Monday or a Tuesday. Um, mm, that's cool. One less wedding to shoot in the in the calendar year, isn't it? And, yeah, you know, getting getting sense. your getting your numbers to a, a level that are that that isn't, you know, just basically consuming your life. Basically, mm, that's good advice. Yeah. yeah, and do you you must enjoy the workshops? Then what's what's oh, kind of your yeah, I do yeah. What's um, your kind of approach for them? Is it practical, hands on, or is it more? No, I mean, I think we've talked about this before outside of outside of this the podcast. But like, we, I think we both have a similar approach to workshops in that it's not a live shoot. Like we yeah. don't. I just I just find that element of a workshop just doesn't really sit right with me it's not really what weddings are about mm. um and and i think just going going through images that you've created on a wedding day and, and using that time to kind of deconstruct an image and talk about the process behind it and the thinking behind it and and how you fell up fell on, into that frame is, is probably more beneficial than just going down a street and just saying oh stand here guys just because actually from a from a posing point of view like i think we both have a similar approach like I don't really pose couples. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't, I just don't see the point. I just, I'd rather just go and go for a walk and let them just hang out for a little bit. And that mm. is literally, that is, 
that is the level of direction that I give them. It's just like, yeah, right, totally. let's go for a walk. Just literally go and stand over there, guys. Just just go and stand out. Just have a few minutes to yourselves. And, mm. you know, and then you're capturing them then, aren't you? You're capturing yeah, totally. them rather than like a set list of yeah. poses. And, which and our be- couples, they're not models, are they? They're, they're, not, they're not like, they're not looking for direction and being told. You know, I think when you start to tell people how to stand and how to pose, they instantly freeze up a little bit and then they start to become a bit more stiff and a bit rude, you know, and it, it just looks uncomfortable and unnatural for me. And that's not how I want my work to look or to come across. So, yeah. So, so going back to the workshop point, yeah, it is just a lot more, you know, it's a, it's a lot more informal, um, you know, try and break the day down into certain sections of like, you know, branding and SEO and marketing and then, you know, um, editing and workflow backup and, uh, yeah. cool, everything there really but yeah and, and and i don't know about you but i i mean i found the first one really daunting probably the first couple were, were terrifying because you think people are going to turn up and be like well i already know that what what have yeah. i really, what have i taken from this but actually when you start to realize that people are taking a lot of stuff away and they're really taking some really valuable stuff away mm-hmm. and then they come back to you a few months later and they're like thanks so much that was that was a game changer like that's really changed my business you're like, oh, that's amazing. And then you get a real buzz out of it and you yeah. see people like scribbling notes and some people, yeah. some people go away with reams and reams of, of notes and some people might only take two or three things away, but yeah. those two or three things might be as valuable as those pages of notes. You know, it's, mm, it's all so relative, true. isn't it? And we're all in a different stage of business, so it's difficult to, it's difficult to please everybody, but I think we can all mm. learn from, you know, we can all take things away from others. Oh, definitely. Not, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm the same as you. Still, it was really scary at first. Still, I still get scared with each one. Yeah, but, yeah, look, yeah But it's so it is so rewarding, and I really enjoy it. It's fab meeting them all. I love going out with them afterwards as well, and having a drink, and I just love all that. It's cool. It's yeah, cool. Yeah, so it's a real buzz, isn't it? You get a real buzz from it. Yeah, definitely. And I've heard great things about your workshop. Anyone listening, you know, do check out. I'll be likewise. Yeah, oh Most no, that's people, nice. I've had a lot of people on mine that have been on yours, and they 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 sing your praises, Alan. They've been oh, very impressed. So that's nice. Your check is in the post, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah if you're listening to this while running or editing or whatnot you know i'll include if you go to this is reportage.com i'll include links to uh sam's site and and his workshop page and stuff so definitely do check it out i'm i'm still disappointed you didn't go with the indoctrination name or indoctrinate <laughs> yeah we did you were you were on me for that for a while weren't you? <laughs> that was such a good name <laughs> right okay let's let's you were charging me too much for taking that taking the idea off you Alan. i couldn't afford i couldn't afford afford your idea that was the problem <laughs> that's funny um i want to talk oh yeah one of what about one of your specific reportage awards actually which you yes. wrote um you also wrote a this is how piece for us uh yeah, it's that yeah. shot from you're like two stories up of, of the bride yeah, about to abigail. get into the bridal car abigail yeah. cool um yeah i just love that shot man can you tell us about that and your your thought process you know because i think most people, I think, wouldn't think to even get that kind of shot, you know, of the bride getting into a car shot from out of a like two story window. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't I, like I I am. Um, it's weird. Like this is where kind of, I suppose, experience and trusting in your instinct kind of starts to come into play, doesn't it? Because I I would never go to a wedding thinking I was going to get that shot. And I don't go to any weddings thinking I'm going to get this type of shot today. Right, okay. I have to kind of let go and just accept that the creative process will kick in and mm. in the moment that opportunity is going to present itself and I've just got to see it and take it. Mm. Um, and, and actually, the more... It's really weird. Like When I, I look back on when I first started weddings, I, I can still remember, and I've probably still got them somewhere buried on a, you know, in a Dropbox folder, but like taking images of other photographers they've taken and like putting them onto a, 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 a Photoshop document and then taking a photograph of them and looking at and trying to like, you know, reference them throughout the day at a wedding. And I'm just like, I look back on it now and I think that was so so the wrong thing to do. Mm. Like all that did was stop me seeing things in the moment and it stopped me like getting into that creative flow or that process or whatever it is that takes you down a path. And sometimes you don't know what you're going to get. Sometimes you don't get anything, but you've got to, you've got to be in that process to be able to achieve something at all. And, um, you know, if it, talking and going back to that image as, as, a, as an example, you know, that sometimes you sometimes I'll land on an image in a fraction of a second and it's there in the can and you're just like, wow, how did that happen? And then sometimes I'll see an image. You know, I saw that one that presented itself to me an hour before I even took it. 
just because I was just I was in the room. They were all just doing bridal prep, and I was just looking out the window, and the car pulled up. And you know what the wedding cars are like? They're always there dead early, aren't they? Just yeah. Like, and then all the bridesmaids like, oh, the cars are here. And you're like, it's okay. They're just early because they're not, you know, if they turned up right on time, you'd be worried. Um, so, yeah, and, and I looked out the window and I just saw it and I just took a picture of the car. And then I just li- literally just thought to myself, right, that would be a cool shot for when Abigail's leaving. That's so cool. And that though, was it. Yeah. And, and, you know, and and then it's just about, Right. I suppose it comes down to have I got the have I got the confidence to say to Abby, I'm going to take your I'm not going to follow you down the stairs. I'm going to stay up here because mm, it's a risk, isn't it? It's a oh, risk. massive risk. Yeah. 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 And like ninety nine times out of 100, I would have just followed Abigail down the stairs, documented her getting in the car from her, you know, from the street. But I didn't. I just something told me to stay up there and hang my camera out the window fire off like a dozen frames as she's crossing the pavement and then leg it down the stairs and that was it you know and sometimes getting that different perspective is you know that they're they're the standout images aren't they sometimes when you you definitely you document something from a slightly different angle that people haven't seen before yeah exactly because yeah because everyone sees the view sees the world like just straight on don't they in their eye level so something like that really really stands out and i think as you say that the the images where you've taken a risk can often be you know the best images especially from the certain kind of like you know those big or those moments that you almost have an internal checklist that you need to get like the bride getting into the car or or coming down the aisle or the first kiss if you can get some a, a risky different composition of shot than it then it's awesome. Yeah, and I, and I, I do think like maybe in the first you know first year or two of being a wedding photographer, you probably don't have that confidence to mm. to step out and do that, and that comes with time. But you you, you know it, the more you shoot, you know the more confident you are in turning up to a wedding and, and trusting your ability and, and your your ability to be able to just execute a shot. You know, yeah. over time that you know you start to take more of those risks, and sometimes you have to accept you're not going to get it. Like yeah. that shot might have just been it might have been okay, it might have just been a you know. Obviously, it worked out okay for me. Like it was great, but you have to accept that it's not always going to work. But what's the worst that's going to happen? You're still going to deliver a shot. Mm. You've just got to put yourself in the frame and just give yourself the opportunity, and then make the most of it when you look back on it. And even on that day, you know, like I look back on that day, and, and I can't remember going back to that shot. Maybe when I sat down to eat my dinner, I can't remember going back to that shot, thinking, "Oh yeah, I've got an amazing shot there." Yeah, okay. Sometimes you don't recognise it until the edit, and you're like, yeah. "Oh, actually, that that's." that's standing out now yeah and it's funny uh, isn't it how some some images come come back to you like you, you know even on a second third or fourth pass you might not see an image so true yeah uh, cool man that's like and what um again if people are listening this actual image that we're talking about will be in the post so head to this reportage.com uh what camera were you sticking out the window to get that you... i think it was a mark a canon 5d mark 3 oh uh, was it cool so were you even having to put your eye out there to, to the viewfinder you weren't no, no it's just no, I just I just literally just just held my arms out. Um, obviously, we have we haven't got the flippy screen, have we, on those ones? No, so no, <laughs> uh, no, just like locked locked focus on the pavement, and that was it. Just just you know, when she walked cool. across, just rattled off like a dozen frames, and just hope that hope that one works out. Oh man, it's so cool! It's such a it's such a fab image. Yeah, it's awesome. What are you using now? Are you still Canon? Or no, yeah, you... still still Canons. I've moved to the Mark IVs, which has been a yeah, it's been a decent little upgrade. Um, oh, that's cool. Well, you're like the uh, you're like the only person shooting on Canon now. I think. You mate. <laughs> yeah, could be. I'm still waiting for, for Canon to ring me saying they want me to be an ambassador, but I, it's not happening. <laughs> After this podcast, still waiting on that phone call. Um, so you're like the you're like the only Canon shooter, and like you're the only other Birmingham City fan, I think, as well. I must be the only Birmingham City fan that uses Canon. Yeah, that, that could be it. <laughs> there's not many we're a rare breed a rare breed <laughs> have you not been tempted then to to change system or anything you know like you everybody know, I, else um i have I, I definitely have but you know i've just always found the system really comfortable to use um and and they just they just work for me i'm not one to kind of jump and, and i know people have jumped to, to you know to other brands and stuff and been you know really positive about that change and that's great like if it works for you brilliant um but there have probably been people that jump to a different brand and then jump to a different brand and then jump and i just don't see the point sometimes like it's not i think sometimes photographers put too much emphasis on kit uh, and not on the actual being present in the moment and you know understanding what's happening in front front of you and being able to recognize you know i could still go to a wedding now with a mark ii and probably still shoot it relatively there are certain limitations like you know don't get me wrong like 
the Mark IVs compared to the Mark IIs wiped the floor. But, you know, it's not always about the kit. That's not, oh, that, yeah. doesn't make, that doesn't make the great image, does it? No, totally. Um, totally agree. Yeah. But what, the, what, what, while you're talking about then, what does, what is your top tips for, what is your top tips for documentary wedding photography in, in general, you know? Documentary. So I suppose I've got, I've kind of got, um, I don't know if I've got, I don't really see myself as like a pure documentary photographer. Yeah. Um, I'd say my, my style slightly, um, few, maybe fused with a few other little trends or like styles, but yeah. I still have a massive appreciation for documentary. And I, I still think the bulk of the day, for me, when I go to a wedding, is about documenting how I see things. Yeah. Um, but I suppose I, I, I kind of have a, a a bit of a philosophy in that we kind of touched on it earlier in that I go to a wedding, you know, I, I have no preconceived ideas as to what's going to happen or what I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I really keep myself busy. I'm really focused on, like, making the most out of every scene, every part of the day, you know, I very rarely sit down to take a break. Um, mm. Is you know, that all always... your kind of fitness coming into yeah, its I own? Think so. then, yeah, well. I think yeah. so. I think it comes down to just, you know, like just kind of like looking at looking at some images. You know, if, if like for me, like if I look back and you know, some weddings and I'm like, God, I got some really good images there just during dinner time. Like when people were sat down eating. Right. I'm like, right, well, I'm never going to I'm never going to sit down to eat whilst I'm never going to sit down during dinner time again because I've. I can see that I've got those images. So I'm like, right, I'm just going to keep myself busy because sometimes things can happen in the quietest of moments, can't they? And you just, you just don't, you just don't know. Do you? That's you cool though, man. It. That's hard. I mean, that's how cool. I think most wedding photographers are not like that. So I think that's really cool. You have a, you do seem to have a really strong work ethic, I think, which is really cool. Yeah. I think, I think it's just, a, I suppose, again, it comes from that fear of missing something. I think that's, that's always there in my mind that you know, you're, you're only there for the, you're only there for one day. Mm. You know, so you've got to make the most of it. Um, you stay really late don't you do you stay like yeah, i stay pretty much to the end yeah wow. and again it's hardcore yeah which is which is tough you know like, that does you know it does physically drain you and mm. that's kind of why you know i when i started to realize that i was staying late at weddings i i either had to change my approach a little bit charge more and shoot less mm. or i had to start finding a way to leave earlier and to charge more shoot less was the 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 one that won that one because I just I find it hard to leave a dance floor after the first dance because some of my some of my favorite work is you know at the end of the night you know right. people people when they're saying goodbye to each other at a wedding like they hug each other for longer and right. they don't want to let go and it's like I know that those things are happening so the mm. idea that I'd be in my car on the way home would I find it I find it a hard thing to break away from uh, that's cool though man and your clients must love you for that as well I mean that's, yeah, well yeah I think I mean I think it gives you something that makes you stand out from maybe other people a little bit doesn't it and yeah i think a lot of my couples do book me wanting that coverage of the party they don't want a photographer to shoot the first dance and then already have his car fired up yeah <laughs> you don't do that do you alan i don't do that no i don't do that sam <laughs> no, but, but then uh, and again there's no right or wrong is there like that's no. like I, i'm not i'm not going to say to other photographers that's what you've got to do like every photographer's got to make that decision for themselves as to what's going to work i i just personally find it hard to leave after the first dance so there came a point where i was like right if i'm going to stay late and i'm going to shoot weddings abroad and i'm going to be away from my family i'm going to have to charge for it yeah yeah Yeah, like you can't just carry on charging 1200 quid 1500 quid and doing 60 60 weddings a year where you're there till the end of the night that like that would physically destroy you wouldn't it you just couldn't no one's got it in them to do that no, yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you have any tips? I know because some people, they kind of want to stay later, but then maybe they think that, you know, after the first dance and then after that first song that comes after the first dance where everybody gets up, sometimes the dance floor will just disperse and no one will be dancing or anything. And some photographers will think, well, maybe nothing's going on in, during that time. So do you have any tips for that kind of time at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think, I do think um, when we, like going back to the previous question about kit and stuff, I do think that's that's where new kit has definitely helped out you know i can i can shoot on the mark fours at 12,800 iso mm. whereas on the mark twos you, you you know i would rarely go to 3,200 right. you know so four years ago you'd have to be like firing a flash gun and that's you know it kind of goes against my approach for you know i don't like to feel like i'm intruding too right, much okay. obviously a flash gun you kind of well, that's your cover blown, isn't it? <laughs> Slightly, yeah. <laughs> um, whereas, you know, you can you can now walk a room, and even if people are sat down on live view with 
you know, shooting wide open at 12,800, you, you know, you can, you can get images. I think, I think kit now has definitely helped. Um, it's definitely helped in, in, in my ability to be able to go and still work during that time of the night. Well, you know, like three or four years ago when you're on the Mark II shooting it, you know, you, you've got no choice but to use a flash gun really. Um, whereas now on the Mark IVs, I can shoot at 12,800 ISO wide open. Um, and people don't, you know, people don't know I'm, I'm working really. Yeah, you know, whereas uh, again, like four years ago, you got a flash gun in someone's face. It's like, right, well, that's yeah. that's a little bit intrusive, but it's too intrusive for my liking. Yeah. Um, so, so I do think like now, you, you know, I can. It does happen at most weddings. Like they have the first dance, and it peters out for an hour or two or whatever. And you know, sometimes you just have to just keep, keep just be present. I think you know, sometimes there isn't much to document or there isn't anything to take. But very, you know, it's amazing what can happen if you just stay alert and you just keep observing people and you just go and chat to people and you just be involved you know it only takes a second for something to happen and, and if you're there and in the room and observing people you're giving yourself a chance to to get something and you know i might spend i might spend an hour of that night and might only take five or six frames but i might take a hundred frames you know it depends on what's on what's happening but then you know the dance floor does tend to pick up you know it does happen and before you know it you're back on the dance floor and and things are happening again right. so cool. it's just keeping yourself busy i think yeah well that's cool cool very cool man um, i'm changing text slightly again but i i read on your about page that you once had a hole in one um you know crazy golf doesn't count right <laughs> shot, you, yeah but did you so what what was that like a par three proper golf then it was a proper golf course yeah i used to be a i used to be a, a, a very keen golfer but then you know kind of like uh kind of like with the football and going to the blues you know being a wedding photographer having a wife and having children you know you know what it's like those those hobbies and pastimes they very quickly disappear don't they they get they get binned very yeah. quickly yeah, yeah, the yeah. idea of spending money and going to a football game now is just not gonna it's, no it's not gonna happen but just to see Birmingham lose every weekend well. no thank no thank you um <laughs> but no I used to know I used to love used to love golf and yeah I used to be a, a very you know used to, I spent more time on the golf course than I did at sixth form I think <laughs> did you have to buy do you have to buy everyone a round of drinks if you get a hole in one or something uh, uh, you meant to yeah i think i was uh, i was only 15 so it probably wasn't gonna happen was it <laughs> all right no. <laughs> some like orange hooch like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um have you ever met or photographed anyone famous oh i've signed ndas for this <laughs> <laughs> does, it, does it count on like audio i don't know Is that, I, don't, <laughs> I think i think i can mention it I, yeah there's been a few there's been a few people at weddings that I've that have been famous. Like Ellie Golding was one at one recently. Oh wow, really? Was well, she a guest? Or did she sing? She was a, she was a guest. Oh, cool. Do a do a leaper. Really? Leaper and um, oh, what's the other girl's name? I love the new Do a Leaper album. It's awesome. Gosh, and then a girl sang at it, and she's had an album out recently. Mm, that doesn't oh, really narrow it down no, that much. No, no, it'll come to it'll come to me in a bit. It'll come to me in a bit. Um, oh, that's cool, man. There's cool. been a few. Been a few. Uh, Fern Cotton. Do you know oh, her? Right. Yeah, Cotton yeah. It's a quite like Fern Cotton. On yeah, like, she's uh... She was nice. Oh. Yeah, but you know, uh, and it, yeah, it's like I don't know. I don't really. Some photographers, when they've shot famous people, use that, don't they? In there, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. All over their portfolios. It's not. It doesn't matter. Like it's not. They're just people at weddings, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's cool um has there been an occasion where you've been really really embarrassed at a wedding or otherwise um have, have i knocked anything over at a wedding before i don't think i i don't think i have have you I, not no I, don't think, I think i've i think at weddings have generally been okay i've probably dropped a camera that's probably about as bad as it got okay that's pretty um, bad and then i suppose the the only kind of embarrassing moment of being a photographer was not turning up to an engagement shoot when I should have been at an engagement shoot. That was, <laughs> that was a big one. And then the engagement shoot was an hour away and the couple had driven an hour and a half. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, were they all right with you? Like, you oh. know what? Like, honestly, you look back on things and you think, how on earth were they like? They were so lovely to me. It, basically, we'd, we'd just moved house. Um, we were expecting our second child, Buddy, um, in about three weeks' time. I was like trying to get the house ready, like sanding floors. And I just, you know, you know what it's like. It's just a stressful time, isn't it? And, mm, yeah. you know, the, the guy phoned me up and was like, just check in, we're in the right car park. And I was like, oh, <laughs> crap. 
Um, I was like, mate, I'm so sorry. I, and I was, you know, you just have to, you just have to hold your hands up and just be as apologetic as you can be straight away. Obviously I told them that, you know, we'll reschedule it. I'll fully refund you, you know, don't, don't. And he was like, honestly, mate, he said, don't, don't worry about it. These things happen. Like, the, you know, cool. like if that was me and my wife, I'm not sure we'd have been so understanding. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah, I got, I got lucky there. I got lucky, but that was, yeah, that was about as embarrassing as it's, as it's been, I think in the, okay. in the seven years so far. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. It's funny how you forgot. I remember me and Oni were once uh, just watching TV at nine, like half nine. Yeah. And then, and then we remembered we actually had like two tickets to a stand up gig uh, in, in Cornwall and we just totally forgot. We were just watching. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you forget things, don't you? Yeah, I'm getting older, happened. getting old as well, man. I'm like almost 40. So it's, it naturally happens, doesn't it? Yeah. Or yeah. almost 30. Did I say almost 30? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what would be your top tips for people just starting out in the industry? Because there's a whole range of people, I think, who listen to this podcast. Obviously, people have been going for years, but then some people are just starting as well. So, yeah, what would be your tips for them? Um, oh, I've just found that artist, mate. That's it. Sorry, mate. I had to go. I had to go away because you know when you've got something bugging you. Oh yeah, who was it? It was it was Lana Del Rey. Oh really? As well? Wow. I love she, video she sang, games. She sang at the wedding. She sang. So yeah, it was ah, that was cool. That's cool. Um, oh, top tips. So you know what? I think I think when you're starting out, I think um, I think you've just got to accept that you you know you're on a bit of a path and a journey, and that you've just got to work hard and just hone your craft. But then there comes a point when you have to start to then focus on what it is you're about and try not to appease and, and please or satisfy other wedding photographers. Don't, don't fall into that trap of trying to impress other photographers. You yeah. know, just do a good job for your couples. Remember, remember, remember why they've booked you, why they've chosen you. You know, I, I think we've probably all been guilty of it in the early days, but like, you know, you, you, you try different things and you're, you know, you're open to probably gimmicks or trends and, and trying to, you know, post for likes and, and doing that kind of doing that thing. And actually, that's it's a dangerous path to go down, you know, because, you know, I, we can look at it now and, and look back on our work and kind of go, actually, what people are booking, they're booking you for, you know, they're, they're trusting in you as a photographer to be able to do a consistent job, mm. you know. And, and, and I think one of the biggest mistakes photographers make is they show such a variety of styles and too many different types of images that they they don't appeal to anybody right yeah um so i think there's you know just just being you know i talk about it on workshops and and, and when i've done other interviews stuff but like the the power of being just being consistent with your work you know is, is huge i think that's something you've really nailed actually i think you've got a very kind of like very strong overall brand and consistency and, and creativity like you can see one of your images and kind of know that's yours which i think is obviously uh, awesome to get yeah yeah i mean yeah, i remember starting out and just not you know i kind of shot it from the way i thought this is how i want to shoot it because did you ever did you start like second shooting or anything or did you just no, go no into i didn't know like, I, I, I don't i don't think i've ever second shot i think i might have just helped out a couple of friends a couple of photographers before but generally mm. never really second shot for for anybody um that kind of deep just going into the deep end mentality then i think it's really worked well for you yeah 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 definitely it's definitely kind of um it's definitely and some people take to that more better than others don't they like some people yeah some people are great photographers like like way better than way better than us mm. but they're terrified by weddings and they're terrified by people and they just can't handle it right, you know yeah. whereas there's a lot to be said for just actually being you know having a personality at a wedding and going to a wedding and just being being a nice guy or nice person yeah. nice photographer and just getting involved and like yeah, you know, so that opens true. up so many doors for you when you're at a wedding when you're you know, mm. not seen as the wedding photographer. Yeah. So um, what are you like on a wedding day? Are you quite, do you, do you banter and talk to guests? Oh, or God, yeah, I love, like, oh, yeah. I love getting involved. I love chatting to people. <laughs> like, you know, when, when couples say, oh, do you want to sit at the table or do you want to like just have a meal in the bar? I'm like, I'll sit at the table, put me at a table. Like, yeah. I'd rather sit at a table. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm going to get up and move around, but I'd rather just mingle with people and, you right, know, have yeah. a chat to them and, and be involved. Like, I think that's really, that that's probably a, a, a a really key part of what it is I, I think we do is like I, I just I love I love being involved with people and I love stories and mm. you know that's a massive part of our photography isn't it is it's understanding you know if you've got to you've, you, if you're going to be a wedding photographer you've got to love people you've got no choice you can't, <laughs> you, can't so you can't 
you know, you can't be a miserable old old git and and be a great wedding photographer. They don't they don't go hand in hand, do they? So no, no, that's so true. And I think that must really help with like all, all the guests kind of trusting you and having that warmth for you, and then you being allowed to be in their presence and them just being totally natural then as well. Yeah. I guess. And so again, it's like it's it's like it's the biggest marketing tool that you have available to you. Right. Yeah. You know, like people go on about SEO and and all of those other things, but the first and, and the, the best form of marketing you have is that is the weddings that you're at. You know. Like, again, don't, going back to the last one, last question about top tip, like, don't get sucked into just thinking it's all about your couple. Right. Like, it's not all about portraits. You know, you can get, you can get some amazing portraits in 10 minutes. Like, yeah. that's it. That's going to be enough for your couple. Like, I, I kind of go to weddings and I want, I want people that are just there as a guest to go away having thought, oh, Sam seems like a nice guy. And oh, and, and then a few weeks later, or like six weeks later, they've got images, and they're like, "Oh, there's a lovely image of me and my mum there," you know. Mm-hmm. And they're just a guest; they were just guests at the wedding, you know. You've got you've got people then. Yeah, you know, it's all well and good. Your couple are always going to recommend you and talk about you because you're going you're going to have done a good job. Hopefully, but, touch wood. If you yeah. can leave a wedding <laughs> and you've got a hundred people that are going away and saying that photographer, he seemed like a nice guy. That's very you know, cool. Like the, the marketing, the power of that that reach and that audience that you know you've got a hundred people going away talking about you rather than just three. Mm. It, it's in, it's massive, isn't it? That's very cool. But Sam, how do you dupe a hundred people into thinking you're a nice guy? Cost me a lot of money. Like <laughs> I have to go around and give me five pound notes out. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Oh, you just got to. You've just you know it's it just comes down like just be in, just go to weddings, enjoy it. Like, put a smile on your face, get involved, ask people. People love to talk, don't they? Just ask them questions, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and it's amazing, amazing where that can take you. And I, I kind of look back on jobs I had before that. Like, you know, I used to work in retail a lot and, and on shop floors. And that was Wait, one didn't you Didn't you work in McDonald's? Worked at McDonald's, yeah. Yeah, I worked Man, McDonald's, You've never yeah. told me that before, that you yeah. worked in McDonald's. That's, yeah, like, that, amazing. No, that, was, that was my first job. That's that like the dream job. job. That's the dream um, job. <laughs> It kind of wears off after about three shifts, mate. But, but could you eat as much food as you wanted? You, you were, you were. I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you were given a, you were given a, a McDonald's meal for your lunch break. Well, like a happy meal? No, a, a full meal. Oh wow! What well, could it be? A large one? You could pick whatever you want. You could have a large meal, Alan. Yes. <laughs> but when, also... there, do you know what? Like it's really weird when you've worked there. Like you've done like nine hour days, like your appetite's gone. You've got there is no appertite. You couldn't I mean you could. You could. <laughs> I, I couldn't. I, I remember getting I remember getting home from those shifts and and you know, I was living at home, so I was only sixteen and you know, my mum would have like a Sunday roast down. I'm like, I can't eat, I'm not hungry. Oh, yeah, you're really? just like working around food all day. It's not mm. but you know, but going back to like that as a job, you know, you you kinda of look at it at the time and I think, Oh, it's just a job. I just it got me beer money, that's all it was. But actually it taught me an enormous amount. You know, oh, really? McDonald's is a, an incredibly well-run organization. You know, like you look at them compared to like KFC and Burger King, and like, I, w- I find it hard to go in. I mean, I'm, I'm vegetarian now, so I wouldn't go in them anyway. But, oh, okay. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, you look at how they run their business behind the counter and like, you know, McDonald's is on it. They're, right. they're you know, incredibly well-run as a business. Yeah, don't they often get voted quite as high up in like employers kind of, awards and things and yeah they? i think so. yeah that and joe you know, the biggest the biggest thing that struck me when i worked there was just how just the levels of hygiene like yeah. how you know like the clean down at the end of the night how brutal it was you know and mm. you know that's good to know it, yeah it's definitely it's it's definitely i've got a lot a lot of time and respect for mcdonald's a lot of time so did it, it but, your time working there didn't make you a vegetarian then it wasn't because they just no, put like, no, rabbits that's, or squirrels in no, no that's, that that came that only came a couple of years ago so now okay. it's a, a fully fledged meat eater up until you know two years back okay. but um but just going back to like the, the people thing as well like working on shop floors and just going and just having that ability to be able to go up and talk to somebody mm. you know it's something that i think a lot of people actually do struggle with oh and, yeah you know, it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal in life and in wedding photography. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, and I, I always say it's, I, I, when I talk to couples and, and we, you know, before they, when we're just Skyping and stuff, I try and talk to them about how I try not to see myself as the wedding photographer. I want, you know, like, it, like the bridal prep side of the day for me isn't always about the images. It's about kind of getting to know your close friends and family. Like I want to know them a little bit so that when it gets to the pressure part of the day, you know, and I've got to step in and get a shot of them they're not offended by me doing that because I've, I've broken down that barrier. 
Yeah, that's a massive, a massive thing. If I turned up to a wedding cold and I hadn't had that time to just chat to them and joke to them about whatever, you know, and I just turned up to the wedding and I was like right in their face with the camera, they're going to be like, what? what? Who's this guy? That's you know? so true. So yeah. just trying to remove those barriers, I think, is a really big part of the, the prep side of the day for me, more than the images. And then if you get an image that's like a winner, then great. It's a bonus, isn't it? Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's that's awesome advice. That really is. Um, I don't normally ask very very technical questions, but I think uh, people no, would, who know your work might be interested in this as well. But do, do you I'm have the least favorite... technical photographer you're going to meet? Yeah, I, really, no, that's... I really couldn't care less. I mean, me yeah. saying twelve thousand eight hundred ISO is like, you know, I've had, yeah, that's that doesn't happen very often. I didn't realize there was a tint slider in Lightroom until about three years ago. I mean. What yeah, I just what? <laughs> tinder slider, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's got. This is not a very technical question, but I think some people will be interested um, to to know. But yeah, do you have? Is there? A, do you have a favorite lens or favorite focal length? I know that's that's not very technical, but I just yeah. yeah. I suppose yeah. I mean, um, the one the one that I would say is against the norm of a lot of photographers. I mean, like thirty five mil for me is like my go to. That's like the the absolute workhorse for me. Like I just I love that focal length, um, and that that pretty much. 90% of the day is on my is on one of the bodies and then the other one for me I, like, I love my 135 that's like uh, cool that's okay. like something that uh, that or that lens almost has made me stay with Canon uh, okay I've never tried it actually I love it pin yeah. sharp dead fast beautiful you know beautiful colors I just I just love it um and I use it now in a different very different way to maybe how I would have used it four or five years ago you know four or five years ago it was about just kind of giving me just a bit like I would probably marshal from a bit further back, you know, and, and work a room and it would allow me to keep out of the mix a little bit. Whereas now I use it in the mix. Like, oh, really? I like to get right in people's faces with it or, you know, details or hands and, and things like that just to piece a story together rather than, rather than using it from the back of a room. Okay. That's cool. Cool. Good to know. And regarding your editing specifically, I think because you really nail it, it's all, always so consistent with you as well. Can you tell us a bit about yours? You know, any tips, bits of advice or anything? Yeah. So, I, I mean, editing is one of those. It's such a, it's a minefield, isn't it? Mm. And I, yeah. I, one of my, I suppose a bit of a pet hate of mine is like photographers that just like want to know about your, what preset you've got. Oh yeah. I didn't ask that. You don't have to tell us that. I'm not asking. No, 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 no. Like it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, I don't even think you can do I don't even think you can buy them now, but I used to, you know, I use a Visco preset, but it's almost been so altered from the time that I bought it that it's almost not even a Visco preset anymore. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. for me, it doesn't matter. Like I could take four or five different presets and I'm going to edit it and tweak it to a point that's going to end up at the same product. It's going to end up at the same finish, the same final image. Right. Because I'm, I think it's about training your eye to know what you want to look for and how you want that image to look. Okay. Um, and then it's just about being consistent with it. You know, again, consistency, isn't it? You know? Yeah, and you're so consistent, which is awesome, I think. Um, but, you know, having, having that, you know, obviously I've, I've created my own preset off the back of that Visco one. Um, and then just, you know, I use, um, I use P-Fixer keys just to edit. You know, I know there's loads of, like, boards and stuff out there now, aren't there, and stuff, oh, and yeah. mm. dials, and, and I've tried them. But I just find keys really quick and, and rapid for me. They, mm. just, they just work. Same as me. I, I buy on PC, so I use LR keys. Uh, but yeah, keys, yeah. it's great, isn't it? It's so yeah, quick. Yeah, it's really quick, really quick. And it's just about like just, just zoning out from like the internet and just trying to just focus on you know, getting your preset applied to all of your images and then just working through it and just trying not to overcomplicate it and right, yeah, just yeah. balancing the image quickly and, and moving through them. So, you know, I try, like, you know, we're running a business, aren't we, at the end of the day? Like, I'm not, you know, if, if a wedding edit is taking me four days, uh, I'm not running a very good business, you know. I, I'm not saying I rush and edit, like I still I try and do a second pass and just make sure that everything's right. But you know, an edit should really take you know, it takes me about five or six hours. Right, okay. Uh, yeah. Full edit. Mm, that's um, good. No, that's really good. As you say, we are running a business. It'd be pointless if we're just slave to the computer every second yeah, absolutely, of the day. Yeah, yeah no, that's cool. Yeah, um, and, and you, you know what? And, uh, yeah, you know, like when you've got kids, I mean you've got kids and a wife, you you don't want to be sat at your chained to your desk editing like, oh, I've got fourteen weddings to edit here. You know, it's yeah, going to exactly. take me the next four four months of my life. I just want to want to get it done, get it out the door, and, and get back to get back yeah. to having a bit of a life. You mentioned then, do you do you when you edit, do you like do you have music on or like some photographers have a Netflix on as well, or do you? I can't watch Netflix. How do people watch Netflix? I know, yeah. 
can't do it. I can't do it. No, so I, no, I just have um I mean I, I, I rent a desk in a, in a in an office. So um, you know, I've got a, a there's a team of uh, four or five guys that work in a design studio next to me. Um so that's that's great as a little bit of a kind of social interaction, but generally it's just headphones on and just get 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 on with the edit. Um yeah, I kind of make it sound like I'm like like rushing clients edits i'm not i'm not you know it's just i know what to look for and i try and stick to that stick to that path and not get sucked into you know spend you know if i, if I spend more than two or three minutes on a single image that's it's that's a minute too long for me yeah. you know um that's cool and you nail pretty, it though pretty well. quick at working through them yeah and nailing it man honestly nailing it um cool man we, i think this is <laughs> you always say this but it has really flown by that's be, that's mental so oh, i think got, that's a good hour isn't it yeah it is yeah, yeah man yeah it's awesome um just because we mentioned netflix so it's just in my head Did, what are you currently watching or what's your favorite netflix series any tips everyone's yeah, got, always looking got, well i've got a few so I, so I use netflix actually in in talking about online some workshop stuff and just the importance of understanding how like like content like that like influences you as a photographer you okay. know just making making sure that you're making note like just being aware of how you know consuming good content influences your style and what you look for at a wedding you know like i often go to weddings and subconsciously almost like transfer what i've seen on ozark into uh-huh. how i see a scene at a wedding uh, you know okay cool uh, yeah. so like ozark's a big one that i've just finished love that um, oh, still, we've watched uh, the first two series but not the third series yet. Yeah, is it good third? it's great that's great okay. um i've always loved um better call soul and then have you seen the new have you seen the last that last the last dance the jordan we're, we're halfway through that at the moment it's really great good, isn't, isn't it, it? Yeah, yeah really good really interesting yeah yeah, yeah. They've, um, they've put some good stuff together haven't they netflix like that it's been really it's been really good yeah i mean uh, yeah i'm talking about the bbc the t- the tv license recently with only like surely that's got to go at some yeah, point yeah it's gonna it's gonna isn't it at some point yeah, yeah. and then away from netflix have you seen gangs of london i haven't no is that a prime thing oh, is it? brutal it's brutal it's on um sky atlantic oh okay no is it is it good it's yes yeah, it's, it's it's brilliant Okay, cool. I won't nice. give anything away. I don't have Sky Land. <laughs> we don't have Sky Man. That's like that's a, that's an excess. <laughs> <laughs> um, dude. Okay, one last question. Biggest question ever. Do you eat the canapes? If they're vegetarian, yes, I do. <laughs> I do you've got to have not you? You've got to. I mean, yeah, come on. I Mo- know. I mean, most couples are generally they're generally lovely, aren't they? They're like. Just help yourself to whatever you want. Right, okay, that's it. I'm I'm gonna help myself to whatever. <laughs> that is it. I'm I'm in. Do you ever you don't have a specific technique for like stealing a canapé then or you just oh, like... I've got no shame. No <laughs> shame. Just go straight in, don't you? I mean I, I probably I'll probably let i probably let them just do one lap of the room before I go in. Oh, okay. That's yeah. nice. Yeah, that's cool. I'm not I'm not let greedy. the bride and groom get one. I'll first. let them get one and then just <laughs> But I do I, do you know what I do have to be told actually. I do I I, I find it hard to just help myself without kind of being told like yeah you just help yourself to whatever you want i kind of do need that signal but once i've had that signal that's it we are going in we are going in (laughs) (laughs) oh man awesome dude thank you so much thanks for having me pleasure to pleasure to catch you up let's not leave it three years until the next chat shall we oh no i know dude i know i know definitely i want to play table tennis with you again as well well, we'll have to we'll have to try and arrange that. Can you, you can't really play virtual table tennis, can you? Well, actually, you can in VR. You can in VR, can man. You? If you got a VR heads, yeah, it's quite nifty, actually. Yeah, should do it. Yeah, but if come wait next time you're down in Cornwall, man, just come and stay with me. I've got a table yeah, now. Yeah, there's a couple of venues down there that I shoot at quite often. They're, they're nice, aren't they? Some yeah, where is it? Lust, so, Nan- Lusty Glades. Nankara's oh, nice. Nankara's literally five minutes from me because I live I five minutes from Truro. Yeah, you had a go at so. me last time I came down there and didn't. didn't yeah. Pay yeah what's that about what's man sort it out thanks for, uh, <laughs> thanks for having me on mate oh man it's, it's an honour to talk again. to you it's awesome and, and reportage as well looking no. great thank you man thank nice you anyone nice and to you growing steadily oh thanks man yeah it's all, I'm enjoying it a lot of work but I'm really enjoying it anyone listening to this head to thisreportage.com and you'll see I'll shoot show I can't even talk show loads of examples of Sam's work and links to his websites as well and um, yeah awesome man thank you and stay safe pleasure you too Alan catch you soon mate take care See you, dude. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the 30th episode of the This Is Reportage podcast. Always enjoy talking to Sam. Hope you enjoyed it too. Head to thisisreportage.com to see the specific reportage award that Sam spoke about, as well as more examples of his work and link to his website. 
We also have lots more episodes of the podcast already released with photographers such as Leonard Walpott, Sitlali Rico, Tyler Workin, Sana de Block, Eve Sieppers and more. If you have a spare moment to leave us a review on your podcast service of choice, that would be massively appreciated. It's lovely to know that you're enjoying them. And if you're not yet a member of TIR, check out all the benefits of joining us, including an unlimited number of images on your profile, 60 reportage award and 18 story award entries per year, invites to our physical meetups and parties, exclusive discounts, and the recent huge addition to membership, exclusive video content. There's already over eight hours worth of videos to watch where some of the world's best photographers share their tips, thoughts, and experience to make you a better photographer. New videos will also be added regularly. No poses, nothing staged. This is Repertage. And this is bye for now. Mm-hmm.